0: Right, you're now listening to episode 103 from the Shed End with myself, Theo. Got a special guest this week. The other Theo is sunning himself down in Turkey somewhere. So, got a special guest in. None other than Goonie Manos Football. What are you saying?
1: I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Thank you very much for enjoying me back. I heard your co-host is uh, he's over in Turkey. That's the place mm. that myself and yourself should be going, considering <laughs> that we like, have two head follicles uh... between us. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, man. Big uh, up yourself for bringing me on the platform,
0: man. Um I'm, I'm I've always contemplated. I've always contemplated. I see I see a couple of <laughs> people going there. I see He say today actually that he's going over there to get his done. He said he's got too much money to be suffering in life. So okay. might have to might have to follow him over there, sort, sort of sort the get 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 a, get a nice line up, fade up. All of that stuff. Um, but yeah, before we get into the episode, make sure you go to the YouTube channel as well. Obviously, the audio version of this podcast is what you're probably listening to, but make sure you head over to YouTube and like, subscribe the video, the video video version, visual version will be over there as well. And also the Linktree link in the description as well. Make sure you head over there to the social accounts, follow all of them and, and give us some feedback, man. Give us your thoughts, give us your comments, but we're going to go straight into it. And there's only one place I need to start this week and that is around Robert Sanchez. The goalkeeper that I see a lot of people saying about Robert Sanchez, who we have to let me just say this bit first. Actually, the goalkeeper that was not first choice at Brighton is now first choice at Chelsea. It's a it's a bit of a problem, Goonie. I think it's a bit of a problem in terms of he 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 puts in some really good performances, but then it's the mistakes. The mistakes are what is going to kill him, and I think eventually game out of the team. What's your thoughts on Sanchez? And then also, what's your thoughts on the, the news that we're hearing, that we're, we're looking at trying to get Aaron Ramsdale from Arsenal? Do you think there's any truth to that, to that story? <laughs> i got to um, ask the question. All
1: right. <laughs> no, well, in terms of... In terms of um, I'll start with Robert Sanchez first. I wasn't... I was never a fan of his signing. I just saw it as more... Well, two things. One, a bit of an opportunist signing because he was available for £25 million. Let's have it right. 25 million in in today's game is basically like, you know, 250K way, way back then. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So to so them, it looked like a bit of a bargain basement buy. And, and then, you know, I think one of the goalkeeping coaches that we have, uh, that we took from Brighton that came over with Graham Potter, uh, is, is firmly standing behind him. See, the goalkeeping coach, one of the recruitment guys is firmly standing behind him and saying, you know, Trust the process. He will become a world-class keeper. Yes, people, I have seen such quotes about Robert Sanchez. Me personally, I do not trust it. There's one position on the pitch that you should never, ever compromise is the goalkeeper. That position, if the best is available, you go and get the best. Chelsea have done themselves a disservice by allowing this man to be a number one goalkeeper when there are other goalkeepers out there. Now, this is the thing. Some people say, oh, look, the price tag of some of the goalkeepers that you want are a little bit expensive. It's exactly like I said, you do not compromise. If they want 80 million for for Manjan, you pay 80 million for Manjan. If they want 60 million, 70 million for Alisson, you pay 60, 70 million for Alisson and you deal with the problems afterwards. That is a non-negotiable position. This guy for me... I don't think he's ready for the highest level. And we've seen players that have stepped up, you know, have done pretty well in the Premier League and other teams. Do you know what I mean? So teams that are not really challenging for European positions, that are challenging for major honours or have the ambition to be challenging for such honours. It's a different kettle of fish when you step into Chelsea. And I think some of the mistakes that Robert Sanchez has made throughout his you know, short Chelsea career so far, I believe, has come down to pressure and him not being able to handle it as well. Because some of these saves are just basic saves that he should mm. be making. For example, the second goal that went in against Arsenal, he got his hand to that near post. If you get your hand to that, you've got to save that. At the top level, that is not acceptable. So, obviously, that's one example of of, of quite a few that I've seen. And the fact that it's quite alarming to me that you know, at Brighton, he was dropped down the pecking order to third, not second, but third-choice goalkeeper. Third-choice goalkeeper. And now he stepped into Chelsea and is now number one. Mm-hmm. You asked about Ramsdale. Aaron Ramsdale, let's have an honest conversation here. When we look at the goalkeepers that we've got at Chelsea and we look at Aaron Ramsdale, is he an upgrade to what we've got? I hate to say it, but yes, he is. Mm-hmm. But is he the goalkeeper that I want in between the sticks at Chelsea Football Club. No, he is not. Why? Because I can name several goalkeepers that are better than this guy. And when we're talking about Chelsea Football Club, okay, although we haven't really been acting like this since the bowlies have come in, um, we want to get the best of the best. And I think, I still maintain to this day, when it comes to the goalkeeper, forget about this age structure thing. Forget about trying to penny-pinch on the wages. This is one of the most important positions in football. I've already said this. And on top of that, a solid goalkeeper makes your defence better. Because if you've got a solid goalkeeper behind you and you've got the trust and you've got the assurance of of Mr Golden Gloves over here, you've also got assurance in your defence. Your defence is looking at the situation, well, I've got this back four, you know, we're all all together on this back four. We're pretty solid. Defence is one of our stronger positions and we've got our goalkeeper behind us. When you don't trust your goalkeeper and you've got that in the back of your mind as a Mm -hmm. defender, it's extra pressure on you. Do you know what I mean? And the reason why I mention that is because these players that we have are young. They don't need that extra pressure. Mm -hmm. Thiago Silva knows what to do if he's got a dodgy goalkeeper behind him. So if you hear him, it's a situation where it's like, okay, cool. We just got to make sure that these guys do not break the lines under any circumstances. Young players don't know necessarily, they understand that's the principle, but they, they mentally they're not ready to handle it. Cases in point, you know, De just coming to the Premier League. Uh, Colwell is, is is coming into Chelsea first season and so on and so forth. So I just don't think it's a healthy recipe right now to have this man as a goalkeeper. No, neither of them. We need somebody with that leadership and assurance. And for me, you've got to be looking at the likes of Yan and those kind of goalkeepers there, 100%.
0: Mm, it's, it's it's a tricky one because I feel I agree with you 100. percent I think you know Sanchez coming in hasn't improved the squad. I said at the start of this season, this is a this is a season for us. We haven't got excuses. We haven't got any excuses. We've got one game a week, albeit with the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, but we've got one game a week. So you can't, and this is where you hit the nail on the head. You can't you can't sacrifice your goalkeeper for an outfield player. You can't go and buy the cheap goalkeeper yeah. because he's available you have to you think back to the goalkeeper the last goalkeeper you would honestly honestly hand on heart say that you trusted in between the sticks you're probably going to go back to Kepa uh, to, to Czech not even Kepa sorry I don't know why I said Kepa because he's, he's the worst goalkeeper out of all three of them but yeah. <laughs> Check would probably be your the last goalkeeper solid goalkeeper that we had at the club yeah all honesty Caballero no Kepa no Mendy no we we haven't had a goalkeeper i i think for me personally i'm very nervous to see sanchez in goal because we got to see that yep. on, against arsenal you know playing out from the back is basic stuff in the modern day of the game now in today's football you have to be able to play out from the back at a top club like chelsea your center backs need to be able to play out from the back your goalkeeper needs to be able to distribute the ball correctly and understand as well there's times when you can't play out from the back or you don't play out from the back or if your 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 defenders are being pressured which um, on, on Saturday, that was the case. You, you saw the first goal. Declan Rice had no... should have never had a chance to score from that position of the of the pitch. Exactly. And yeah, you can say that... Uh, I can't remember who played the ball out to, but you could say maybe the defender's got to do better in that situation, but don't play. He's under pressure. <laughs> Why are you giving him the ball under pressure? The second goal... Though, um, I agree with you when you said about, you know, these young defenders are coming into a new league... You can probably say that Malagosto was the wrong side of Odegaard for that for the second yeah. goal because I think he was, you know, he should be right side of his defender. He should be reading the game a bit better. But even so, expect as a goalkeeper, your defender is going to make a mistake. I always say this to yeah. the, yes, exactly. as a defender, I played defense. I always used to think if I make a mistake, I know my goalkeeper is going to cover me yeah. because goalkeeper goalkeepers is the last the last bit of the ball going into the back of the net. the defender messes up, you've got to think that the goalkeeper's going to clean up your mess for you. If you can't do that, you shouldn't be in goal, in my opinion. Yeah, but exactly. We're, we're stuck because Petrovic hasn't really had an opportunity. Um, Kepa looks like he's going to be staying at Real Madrid by the, what I'm hearing in terms of they want to buy him. Maybe that's because Courtois' injury is going to take a bit longer to recover for the, new, the next season as well. Mm-hmm. Who realistically do we, and when do we go in for this goalkeeper? Because we could wait till the summer is that too late? Do we need to strike while the iron's hot and try and get a goalkeeper in in January? One of the most difficult areas of the pitch to try and, uh, you know, eradicate the issues in the January window. No one wants to sell their goalkeeper in the winter window. So, no. Do do we go in and try and change that in January? Do we wait to the summer? Can we afford to do that?
1: Well, well, this is the problem that we found ourselves. This just goes back to what you said. Who wants to sell their top asset goalkeeper, the top asset goalkeeper in January? Especially if with the type of goalkeepers we should be looking at, these guys are playing Champions League football. So, what incentive do we have to even bring them to the club without the Champions League football? So, we've shot ourselves in the foot initially here. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Any way that we're going to do this, right, is if we just hope they become a mercenary and just accept whatever we throw at them. Do you know what I mean? If we throw, if we just pay over the odds. But most goalkeepers in this day and age will say, Do you know what, I'm interested, but I'd rather wait till the summer. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is how I see it. I can certainly see my nyan saying that. Um, mm. Diogo Costa for me is a goalkeeper that I like I will say that you know he has had some moments of, of inconsistency but remember he is only 23 as well mm. goalkeeper is a very mature position like you get into your best when you when you touch your 30s and all that kind of stuff so but but from what I've seen of him I definitely think he's good enough but are Porto going to want to sell while he's in the Champions League and you know while they're fighting for, for the title absolutely not they're not going to want to mm. do that now so we're now in a situation where we're either going to panic by a goalkeeper or we're going to have to sit and trust what we have. But if I'm honest, it puts us fans in a bit of a situation where it's catch-22 because we don't want to compromise that goalkeeper position, which means all, point, all roads are pointing to you've got to be patient and wait till the summer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's what can happen between now and the summer is what we're concerned about. So it's the question. It goes round in circles. Do we pull the trigger or do we not pull the trigger? But then it's also relative to how badly our goalkeeper's performing. And now our goalkeeper, he's not doing so good. He's really not. And the thing is, is like people will say, oh, you're harsh on the goalkeeper, whatever. I never trusted him in the first place. I know you didn't trust him that much in the first place. So the proof is, so it's up to him to prove to me that he is trustworthy. Because he's, he hasn't shown me that previously before, but honestly, it's, it's, it's a good question, T dot, and I just think we've caught ourselves in between the rock and the hard place, bruv. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So we're just gonna have to. Personally, I don't want to panic by that position. I really don't. Because if we get it you right, can't. yeah, if we get it right, your goalkeeper's gonna stay there for the next ten years or so. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So we can't panic by this at all.
0: I've got, I've got a question. Now, obviously, there's a particular Manchester United goalkeeper or ex-Manchester United goalkeeper that is sitting around sunny Spain and rainy Manchester at the moment. David De Gea is a free agent. Now, is there an opportunity for us to sign him on a very short-term contract for six months? That's
1: that's a very good question. Because if you had told me this in summer, I would have said absolutely not. But now, when you contextualise things... And you look at David de Gea in relativity to Sanchez, it's night and day.
0: I mean, I would take him.
1: David de Gea is the better goalkeeper. i take him. Do you know him. what I mean? And then when you look, and then when you look again, look back at that Arsenal game, that second goal. Let's mm. have an honest conversation with ourselves.
0: Is David de Gea saving that? 100%. Do you know what, though? You say that, but he gets beaten at his near post a lot. He does, he, yeah, does he, he does, does he, he does. does he does, fair, get at his it's, near probably post. Not, it's probably not a good example, do you know what I'm
1: saying? No, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. He does get beat at his near post. All right. My question should be, is my question is this.
0: He wouldn't, he wouldn't have got to that this. stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: No, yeah, my question should have been this. Is he a more trustworthy shot stopper than Robert Sanchez?
0: 100 100%. 1,000%. 100%.
1: 1, mm. I don't really necessarily... At this point, right, and I know it is, I'm not going to negate the fact playing out from the back is very important. Mm. But I just, again, I have to look at it relatively. I'm willing to sacrifice a bit of that to have assurances that my goalkeeper can stop shots. And then we've seen David De Gea. His shot stopping is insane. Mm. We've seen him make some exceptional saves time and time again. How many times has he been Manchester United's player of the season?
0: Mm. It's true. You know what I mean? So
1: so in terms of in terms of like, if we're talking between now and the summer, 100% I'm for it. Because mm. even if he doesn't play on a consistent basis, Robert Sanchez is looking at that bench thinking, hmm, I don't perform here. I've got Manchester United's two or three-time player of the season waiting up the bench for his opportunity. So I better get it right. Because he's looking at Petrovic. This is a similar situation we had with Kepa Tidot. Yeah, Kepa's it's looking true. on the bench and he's thinking this man ain't going to replace me. I can make a mistake this week and I'm still playing next week.
0: That's we now found we got ourselves now.
1: in this situation. Yeah, no, we can't yeah, have yeah. that. We need to learn from these mistakes. So I mm. would, honestly, I would. I definitely would.
0: It's just, whether, it's just whether De Gea would take that opportunity for six months or does he want a long-term, uh, there's obviously talk of him going back to United now in a, a, a short-term capacity because O'Neill might be going to the AFCON, but I would take him, I'll be honest, I'll take him as a, as a short stopgap and then we can address it in the summer. Or if he's playing as well as he should, why not keep him as an option? Do you know what I mean? Keep De Gea as an option, as a number two, if he's willing to do that. At that point, I would say he would be in his career. He's done enough for United to warrant not being first choice. So yeah. I don't know. But I want to speak about, obviously, Arsenal game. We didn't start with a natural number nine strike on Nicholas Jackson. was on the bench against Arsenal. I know <laughs> I'm bringing him up because I know he's going to get your back up a little bit. I know this. But, but at the same time, as well, I think it was the right call from Pottichino not to play him against the Arsenal. He worked out because if you, I think Modric came off at the 66, 67 minute against the Arsenal. And when we brought on Nicholas Jackson, he completely, that was the first sub, that was the, the wrong sub, the first one. But he, he completely changed the game when he came on for the wrong reasons. Now, Broyer. Uh, Cole, we can't assess him this season I don't think I think it's going to take a while for him to, to hit the potential We remember we saw talk about potential Breuer we don't actually know if he's don't the know guy yet.
1: it's a facts, facts facts we don't know
0: we don't know about Jackson either and we, we spoke about it on your channel with Eunice but Osherman Victor Osherman talked to me because there's a lot of talk about him saying he doesn't want to go to Saudi he wants to go to the MLS which I find a bit strange myself personally but surely we have to go all out especially with what's happened at napoli as well you think about the last couple of weeks the, yeah. uh, the the madness he's been under and 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 been been you know his teammates and everyone else and the fans whatever the club as well the yeah. tiktok and all that madness surely we have to go all out for him he has to be the the guy we go for in a, in, in in the winter window well um
1: okay so this is what I know about the Oshiman situation. And you're very lucky because I haven't even mentioned this on my channel. I'm doing Come this. Come on, course. exclusives. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, <laughs> the situation with Oshiman is this is I know very much under very good authority that um, Oshiman is the prime target. Now, to people that are thinking, who is this guy and what authority is this guy speaking from? Okay. I've just got to go by a track record, right? Mm-hmm. I said about, I mentioned about Declan Rice almost a year before the transfer was going to happen to Arsenal, that he was not going to come to Chelsea and Arsenal was his choice. The Enzo Fernandez situation, I mentioned this early and I knew this was going to happen. Um, Romeo Lavia, and and mm. Kaiseido T dot you already know. Yeah, I've done the whole hashtag thing in the group chat, yeah. yeah. And and it <laughs> ended up happening, but do you know what I mean? I've got I know some people basically. So with Oshman, we're very, very much interested. In terms of Oshiman's interest with Chelsea football club, he is very much interested. Now we've seen players that have been fans of clubs and go to other places before. Case in point, true many massive Chelsea fan, and his dad ended up at Real Madrid. With this situation with Victor Oshiman. I know very much that he is interested to play for Chelsea. Now, the thing is, is what Oshiman and his team want to see is the ambition going forward because they're well they're very much aware that there's a possibility Chelsea will not be playing Champions, football, Champions League football next season. But that doesn't matter to them too much because their mm. client and Oshman himself is only 24 years old. So he's definitely got time in his career. And when you look at Chelsea Football Club, This is what people don't realise. Although we haven't been in Europe... Well, last year, this season, we're not going to be in Europe and possibly next season. But agents and players like to look at a rounded sample size. So basically what I'm saying is this. Over the past 10 years, how many times have these people been in a... Has this team been in the Champions League? With Chelsea, you can't argue with the numbers. We've been Mm -hmm. very consistent in there. So they have a belief that we're going to get back into the Champions League. Second of all, what they also do is, is that they share their transfer targets with those players. And from what I've been told, Oshimans agent and himself do feel that Chelsea will be ambitious enough for him to join that club. The only thing is, right, where nobody can be certain is the owner of Napoli. Mm. This guy, De Laurentiis, is a notorious difficult man to work with. Mm. He's got so much ego that I'm pretty sure that he would let 100, 120 million euro player leave on a free as long as it's by his terms. He will die on his hill. So it's up to Chelsea how they deal with De Laurentiis because remember, De Laurentiis wasn't happy about Koulibaly leaving Napoli the way he did and going to Chelsea. That was that left a bit of a sour taste in his mouth. Although he only had a year left in his contract, he didn't leave on the terms that De Laurentiis wanted him to leave. I think what we might see is we're going to make an offer this January with the aim of the player joining in the summer. And that would be to appease De Laurentiis, to make him feel like he's won. Because sometimes you have to do this. And this is not just in football. This is also in business as well. Sometimes when you need something and you're dealing with a very difficult negotiator, the key thing is not always money. It's just make them feel like they've won. Mm, Swallow your pride Let him feel like he's won Now What is this ambition That Goonie is talking of <laughs> That Oshiman And their agent Are happy with This is a player That I've mentioned Very early And I was laughed at mm. By many people My fan base And other fan bases On the socials And that player is Jamal Musiala
0: yeah, you've been saying it now, you've been saying it for a while. You've been saying it for a and, while.
1: And what are we seeing in the reports now? He's no, not been looking see- to sign a contract out by in Munich.
0: Mm. Yeah, but that's because Tuchel's there as well. <laughs> right.
1: This is an <laughs> uncomfortable conversation, T Dot. Yeah,
0: it's true. I'm it's telling true.
1: you, this is the thing, T Dot. You see, when you call things early, especially when you when you <clears> say <throat> something about the Golden Goose, you risk a lot of scrutiny, bro. Mm. And towards the end of Thomas Tuchel's tenure ship. Remember what I was telling you, bro. No, you
0: did. You did. Yeah? I'll be honest, I said, you did.
1: Yeah, I was saying, look, it doesn't make me feel good to say this about Thomas Tuchel, but the way this guy's running the club, respectfully, after he got his divorce, he became a bit of a tyrant. He was doing things towards players, right? That was unacceptable. His conduct as well, his professionalism, he did things, if he had done them in a normal workplace, he would have got sacked and Even worse, things would have followed up. Obviously, Mm. I'm not going to go into too much detail about what I know, but it was untenable for him to stay at the club. And I also said this, when this guy goes to Bayern Munich, i will be very surprised if he lasts more than one season. Very surprised. It's not looking
0: good. It's not looking good for him.
1: The proof is in the pudding. Kimmich is unhappy, bro. Mm. Yeah, Joseph Kimmich is unhappy. And Musiala is not signing a new contract. This is where they're at now. So... Mm. Listen, with Musiala, the situation is, you know, Chelsea are very much interested. Manchester City are interested as well. Also Liverpool. a Real Madrid. Liverpool, listen, Liverpool are interested, but they ain't, they ain't got a leg in this race. <laughs> they, they just haven't. Yes, they may finish in the European spots. But what I do understand is, is that Real Madrid and Manchester City and Chelsea are the options that this guy is looking at. In terms of Manchester City, it remains to be seen whether they're willing to match what we want to pay for Musiala. Mm. In the case of Real Madrid, it doesn't. I think they are the biggest threat in this thing here. They are the biggest threat yeah, in this Of course. Yeah. The only saving grace <clears> that we have is that they've just signed Jude Bellingham and the way he's performing is just been he's been absolutely amazing. So that might deter them from joining that Jamal Mussiala race which would essentially leave it between um, us, Manchester City, and obviously Liverpool as well. They do have interest. But if it's out of the three...
0: Got to fancy our chances, man.
1: I do, yeah. I do, Mm. because this is the thing. Not to say that, you know, we're in a better position than Manchester City to sign the player. I just know that our hierarchy are hell-bent on bringing this boy back to Chelsea. And you see, right, one thing we can say about Todd Bowley is... When this guy wants something over the line, yeah, he, he will throw the kitchen sink at him yeah, to yeah. get it over the line. And yeah, that's he what he's going to do. Yep, that's what he's going to do. So, striker-wise, I think we're going to be good. Ivan Tony, to those that want Ivan Tony, once again, I've been saying this for quite some time now, he's going to Arsenal. Forget about the Chelsea Lynx people. We're going to disappoint ourselves. He is going Ooh. to Arsenal. Arteta has already sold that project to him. He's very interested in going to Arsenal. It's a very simple move that can be made. Both both clubs are in London, similar to Chelsea anyway. But, you know, <clears throat> Ivan Tony, 28 years old, he's looking at it as, as, as like, you know, I'm coming towards the tail end of my career here. I want to start winning trophies. Mm. I'm looking at Arsenal now. They're pushing for the Premier League. They're in the Champions League. I'm looking at Chelsea. Although these men are not mugs, but they are going through a development phase right now that might take a couple seasons before they're competing at all fronts. And I'm going to be post 30 mm. when that team gels. So from that perspective, it's understandable why he's going to go to Arsenal.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree. do. You know what? I mean, I've, I've been—you know me already—I've been a big believer in Ivan Tony, and I still am. But I, I do see the logistics of him going to arsenal because if he wants that instant success which obviously arsenal's project is a lot further down the line than than chelsea's yes. that's clear to see you can see that they you know 2 3 years ahead of us this, if we're being honest they they they're, they're better than us in terms of the project so it makes sense for him to go there I, my thing with tony is that he's he's proven that he can score goals Yes. Now, whether yeah. he can do that when he comes back from a ban, you know, a six-month ban, that's a, a different conversation. But you know, he he knows how to put the, put the ball in the back of the net. I'm not saying Oshman can't do that because he can. Again, mm. phenomenal. But I just think you've got someone who's played in the league, understands just how the league works a bit more then that would sway me towards and, and Tony. Tony.
1: And, and Tony Tony doesn't rely on service as much as Oshiman does. He's able to mm. make a lot of opportunities himself. on his own. We see how Ivan Tony, he's he's, a, he's an amazing profile to have in the Premier League. Let's let's be honest. The man runs the channels properly. Do you know what I mean? Like an old school striker. The mm. guy's a bully like an old school striker. The guy's got a dead eye for goal. He can score. He, do you know what I mean? He's just an absolute nonsense to play with. I mean, it's nonsense. I mean, nuisance, sorry. Absolute <laughs> nuisance to be playing against. So yeah, he's, yeah.
0: He's, he's the he's the right. I agree with you, bro. I agree. Mm. I hear you. But we we have to see. I mean, like, look. I mean, if he goes to Arsenal, it's not the end of the world. I mean, he's like you said, in a couple of years, we'd be looking at replacing him anyway. If you think yeah. of it like that, you know what I mean. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But I want to talk about as well. There's a lot of talk around us occupying some more space around Stamford Bridge, um, in terms of the the rebuild of Stamford Bridge, which is potentially meant to be happening. If I'm going to be honest myself, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening for a couple of years anyway, but there's still a yeah. lot of talk about, you know, Stanford Bridge being redeveloped and there's there's options around moving to Ells Court, which is a whole different completely location um, or expanding on Stanford Bridge. But if I, if I read correctly, I think that will only increase the capacity be a, capacity by about 10 or 11,000, which for me personally, doesn't really make sense to do that. It just if you're going to rebuild do the whole rebuild somewhere else and then but my question I want to ask is around obviously there's a lot of options around do we play at Wembley in in terms of the rebuild happening where do we go is it Wembley do we do we use Twickenham do we use Fulham Craven Cottage which then would obviously reduce down the capacity of of Chelsea fans going to the games but Do you think it's something that we really need to be concentrating on at the moment whilst we've just spoken about two key areas of the the team that we need to fulfil in terms of a goalkeeper and a striker and and trying to get the the club back to where it needs to be first before we start thinking about uh, redevelopment of Stamford Bridge?
1: I I I agree with that, but I do but I do know that there are separate budgets for these things. So a yeah, transfer yeah, course, budget wouldn't yeah they it wouldn't really affect a redevelopment plan or vice versa. But what I'll say is is that. Uh, this was this is a plan that's a long time coming, you know, even under Roman Abramovich, we were trying to get this done, but they weren't able to get the planning permission for whatever reason to do it at that time. And um, Roman actually inserted in the clause that you must redevelop Stamford Bridge and expand the stadium or, or whatever it may be. Sharing with Craven Cottage would be absolutely ridiculous for me because the match day revenue is going to take a massive hit. Massive, yep. massive hit. So I don't think that's going to be very smart to do. And on top of that, do you want to share with Fulham anyway? <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? <laughs> to um, be fair, they've got a new stand. They have got that new stand there now, but I, get, I yeah, do get your true. point. I do get your point.
1: Um, for me, it would have to be Wembley. It would have mm. to be Wembley. It makes it, it, it makes the most sense. We're not, we're not sharing the pitch with anybody. Um, the capacity at Wembley, you already know, it's a, a huge capacity as well. So we're not hurting our pockets in terms of, you know, match day revenue. We can actually fit our, our fans in that stadium. Um, but yeah, this redevelopment of Stamford Bridge. Now, what I what I can see happening is I don't think we're going to move location because the CPO are not going to have it. The Chelsea pitchers, yeah, yeah. they are not yeah. going to have it. And they have the say, do you know what I mean? If they say no, that's the end of it. It's not going to happen. But to only expand it by 10,000, 11,000. It don't
0: make any sense to me. It
1: doesn't make no sense to me because mm. the capacity is what, like 48,000 right now? Yeah, I'm just going off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I think it's 42, just under. 000, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah 42,000, something like that. Let's just say around the 40,000, 45,000 mark, something like that. If we are the biggest club in London, right, which I truly believe that we yeah, are. We are. Listen, there's, Arsenal, no, there's, no, there's no debate say, about it. You know, Premier League titles and all that, but no, got no, 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 European no, There's no
0: debate, man. There's no debate. No you got to win the Champions League to be the best in in, in exactly. London. Sorry,
1: exactly. How are we going to have a stadium that doesn't have a capacity bigger than Tottenham
0: mm. and bigger than Arsenal? this is no why. This is why I think the relocation. I know this won't happen because, like you said, CPO won't have this. But this is why I think we need to go and rebuild the whole thing because there's not enough space around Stamford Bridge to redevelop the whole stadium. You can't. No, I agree. I, I think you have to knock down. You'd have to knock down the hotels that are adjacent to the to the to the stadium yep. to then build something. And even then, you are only talking about a 10%, uh, ten percent ten thousand increase in seats. So you talk about fifty five thousand. I think once the redevelopment's done, it's still not enough. <laughs> that to me, that don't, you may as well just rebuild the whole thing knock down the whole stadium then and knock down the the, the the space that's been acquired, knock down the hotel and try and increase it to maybe 65, maybe 65, even touch maybe 70 if you can at a push. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then I understand and it's got to look like state of the art. I want it to look like a, 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 a Tottenham. I'm, I'm jealous of Tottenham Stadium. I'll be honest. Their stadium looks amazing. Yeah, you know it
1: mean? does. They've they done a good job. They've they done a good job. I want job. it to look
0: like that. I don't want it to look like like we've just added a few seats. I want it to look... Yeah. If you're going to do it, Do it properly but exactly I yeah I agree with you I think Wem- Wembley would be the, the, the choice I think Fulham would be a no for me I mean obviously Brentford's only down the road I can't remember that as well Brentford's not too far That's still only down the road really but yeah. uh, I, I think it's one of those things for me that it's not priority I know there's separate bud- budgets and everything and that but it's not a priority for me I'll be honest I, I think you know let's let's. Just, I know there's this, I know there's a whole team of people that are just employed to look at <laughs> expanding the stadium. I'm not stupid but this is, to me, it shouldn't even be the, the front of the Chelsea news right now. I don't yeah, wanna...
1: I, I, I don't disagree, bruv. I think it's a case of too much too soon as well, man, because, you know, we've already suffered with the whole shake up off the pitch mm. in terms of, you know, all the staff being gutted out and this, that and the other. Now we're throwing in the mix, you know, building a new stadium and all this kind of stuff. I think it's too much too soon. And really and truly, we do need to focus on getting better on the pitch. We definitely mm. do. Because, look, we can do all of that. We can build our stadium to 70,000 capacity or whatever. I'm just throwing numbers out here. But if we're, mm. getting, if we're getting consistent 12th place finishes, 10th place, place finishes, you're not going to fill in the
0: stadium. The stadium. What's going to end
1: stadium. up happening is, is you're going to do the opposite and it's going to be protests. So just mm. get it right on the pitch first.
0: That's what I'm saying. I, I agree with that. That's my that's my my position. I'm coming from because I think you've seen it with other clubs at the moment. You know, I seen Wayne Rooney getting booed off at Birmingham City the other day. Like that, fans don't want to see seats. They want to see results. In my opinion, exactly. So get exactly. the results first, and then we'll talk about the stadium. But let's let's move on because we we haven't got much time left, and I know you got you got to go soon. But we've got a massive fixture, fixture congestion list coming up. First up again, Saturday half twelve. I think is Brent- Brentford, massive Brentford, game, yeah. big game for us, really. Um, now I want to talk about your 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 lineup, your preview lineup, what you would go with your predicted lineup, um, and understand whether you would play Nicholas Jackson. Who I, I already know the answer to this, but just for the listeners, <laughs> <laughs> but but who would you go with from front to back in terms of your, your eleven? And then what are you expecting from from Paticino, from the team that might be a replica of what we how we started the game against the Arsenal.
1: From from front to back, um, I'm going with Mudrik, Cole Palmer and Raheem Sterling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the reason I'm going for that is, is because we saw Cole Palmer do the Force 9 role a bit against Arsenal. I thought he was fantastic. I thought in that one performance, he's done better than the entire time Kai Havertz tried that number that Force 9 position. Oh, yeah,
0: 100. Mm-hmm.
1: Why is that? This guy... I'm sorry, but for £40 million, Manchester City have been absolutely robbed. This guy, in terms of chance creation, just in terms of all-round ball IQ, is just on another level. Okay, Mm. And you can see how Modric... Sorry, more so Raheem Sterling so far, but Modric is starting to get involved in the action now as well. You can see how these guys are starting to benefit from it as well. So that would be my front three. My midfield... I don't think I'd change it. If I'm honest with you, um, Kai Sado and Enzo definitely as the pivot. Conor Gallagher in this in this role that he's been given, I I, I didn't mm. I didn't even know what to call it anymore because it, it doesn't look like a traditional turn. It just looks like. I'm going to get killed for saying this. It just looks like Kante just running around in an advanced position and just winning the ball all the time. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean at times? Easy, easy, but he's But listen, that's not knocking Conor Gallagher. He has been actually doing a decent job. And considering our injury issues as well, that's who we do have to play. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going yep. with that midfield three. Um, the back
0: line tricky because obviously Reese James is now available
1: yeah came it's just, on, I, but... I don't know his level of fitness right now and although Malo Gusto did switch off for that last goal that was his best performance in a Chelsea shirt for me mm. and I do very much believe in meritocracy and that you should be played you should be rewarded for your form so I would actually start Malo Gusto again to many that would be controversial but to me I just think it's the fair thing to do because he had a blinder. Considering who he played against Martinelli and Saka, they were shut up for most of the yeah, game. You it's know true. I mean? So my fullbacks are not going to change. Similar with Kukurela. He stepped up. He presented the aggression that I wanted to see from him in terms of his defensive aspect of things. And he basically pocketed Saka. Some will say, well, Saka got the assist. But this is the thing, is that these numbers don't tell the full story. Before that, he was in Kukarella's back pocket. And honest Arsenal fans will tell you that. Mm. My centre back pairing for this game. Again, I don't I don't think it changes. Because no, actually, it does. It you're does. taking
0: Silver out now. I know. You're gonna take Thiago Silver out.
1: No, no, no. I'm not taking okay. him out. I'm okay. not going to take him out. I'm going to keep him in, actually, because mm. I thought he'd done pretty well against Arsenal. And based on what I said about meritocracy, yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. should stay. Yep. It's the other one. Levi Colwell will, for me, in the Arsenal game, he showed his age and lack of experience. And mm-hmm. dare I say, a bit of lack of composure. How many times did he did, did he slice the ball in clearances and things like that? We could have been punished several times for mm. for the lack of composure from him. I'm going to bring in a guy that I'll admit I never had the most faith in him when we signed him, but I can't really say he's put a foot in wrong since he's come in. And that is De Sassi. I'd actually start him because I don't think Mm. he's done terribly. Has he lit up the world? No, he hasn't. But has he been reliable? Yep. I believe so. So I think he starts. Now, this is where the real question comes into it, is the goalkeeper position. Do I trust Sanchez to play this game? Or do I go with a goalkeeper that I know absolutely nothing about, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and pretend that I've watched him play a hundred games or even five games? Mm. Unfortunately, because I don't know what to expect from Pe- uh, I forget his name Petrovic or Pet- uh, something like Pet- that.
0: Petrovic.
1: Petrovic. That's the one. I'm going to have to go with. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Sanchez. But I would like to see um, Petrovic. In the cup games, perhaps against you know, if we join against,
0: we got Blackburn on Wednesday.
1: We got got Blackburn on Wednesday. Perfect opportunity right there to show us. (laughs) So for this one, I'm definitely saying Sanchez, but I don't say with. Much confidence with it's your chest. You can't
0: say with your it, chest. <laughs> I
1: can't. I can't because I, I just have to say that because he's the only element that I know, and he actually does have some Premier League experience. So that's who it's going to have to be.
0: Hmm. I can't even. I can't even argue with that. I really can't. I think. Um, I've just been reading there that Rhys James is definitely on the bench for for Brentford. He's not. He's not fully fit. So. Uh, that eliminates who's playing at right back. It's going to be Malagosto, which I am not against. I think even against Arsenal, like you said, he had a really good performance and he hasn't put a foot wrong for me. Apart from the red card that possibly wasn't even a red card, apart from that, he hasn't really put a foot wrong uh, you know, since he started his his time at Chelsea. Uh, I, Do I, I, you know what? I would keep Conor Gallagher in there. I, I think he's improved over the summer. I still don't think he's the answer. No, I really don't. And I think when he's Lavia not. is fit, because you—I mean, you was in one of the—I mean, we had a kind of conversation, I think offline, or maybe I put a tweet—I can't remember—but there was a lot of people saying that Enzo Fernandez isn't that Enzo Fernandez that we thought he was going to be. There's a massive reason for that. He's playing in a, for me personally, he's playing in a double pivot. I think personally, Enzo Fernandez should be playing the role that Conor Gallagher is currently playing. I think that's Enzo. Okay. Enzo for me, Enzo Fernandez should be doing that job. But okay, that's all I'm. I, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it would be Laviar Casado for me in that midfield. If we had that option, we don't. But if it was, I would have them there. I would have Enzo further up the field. I think it's more; in, in, it'll be more effective going forward for me personally. And I think this is where this conversation that took place on on think on Twitter Spaces this week was around: is he is he doing a job that we need him to do for 100 million? Possibly not, because obviously at the, at, at the moment he's playing in a role that's probably less suited in my opinion but that's just me and
1: this is this, this is what I say about you know because I know exactly which space you're talking about I was actually listening these guys never apply context to anything they don't mm. they just they they just say things like look at Jude Bellingham at Real Madrid look at this guy at um yeah, but what's look it? where he's they're playing <laughs> but look exactly they don't <laughs> they don't contextualise the fact that they, they these players are walking into a, a completely stable team right mm. that, have, that are either challenging for things or have won things and have been doing it for years. Do you know what I mean? So this is what I'm saying. They 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 completely lack context. So I don't really listen to a lot of these I take these opinions seriously. But mm. in terms of Enzo Fernandez, I do believe, I personally would still keep him in the central midfield. I believe that his skills are very much of a of a playmaker. Um, mm. and he can contribute in terms of you know defensive work as well. I've seen it, I've seen it done. I prefer him in the center of the pitch. Now, what I would do is is when Lavia comes back, I would still have Caicedo and Enzo in that pivot, but I would sit Lavia in behind them.
0: Makes sense as well. It's an option. Yeah,
1: because now Enzo does have the option to advance forward and occupy that number 10 position. And Lavia can step up and form that pivot again. Mm. And then when he comes back down into that midfield, Lavia can go into his natural position. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because a lot of people forget as well that one of Lavia's strengths is actually creation from the yeah, deep. True, it's true. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So we 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 can make it work. But but then again, it's opinions. I don't I, I don't necessarily think you're wrong either, because I can I can see a lot of Enzo's strengths in that in that. Um, in, in occupying that position as well, a bit further forward. Um, mm. It's just obviously the players in front of him have let him down and not have, and have not taken the opportunities that he's he's presented for them. I hear you, bro. I hear that.
0: Mm. Mm. Before we before we wrap up, then we've got to do our usual. We usually do our score predictions. So, as the guest, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let you go first in terms of the score result for tomorrow. Um, are we
1: at the G Tech or are we at Stamford Bridge?
0: We're away, I think, tomorrow. Oh, no, we're home. We're home. Sorry, we're home. We're at the It Doesn't really make a difference. does it really make a difference right now, where we, where we play. That,
1: yeah, to be <laughs> honest with you, I don't, I don't really think it does. Um, I I don't... Do you know what, T-Dot? I, I feel strangely confident. I feel oddly confident, bro. Because, yeah, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm even going to say 3-1 Chelsea. I feel like we're actually gonna have an oh. emphatic victory against these guys. Honestly, I do. I do. Bro, I, I do. mean, after that performance against Arsenal, yes, I know we bottled it last minute. I know we did. Mm. But those boys are gonna come away thinking, listen, the past 18 months has been a whole bottle job anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. So to go toe to toe with the with, with with title contenders and and you know, dominate them in the in, in how we did, we've definitely mm. turned a bit of a corner. We've definitely improved. So I think with context, they're still going to be taking that and riding on a little bit on that high going into this Brentford game. And I think we're going to get the result. I really do. Mm.
0: I'm I'm going to go 2-1 two, two, Chelsea. I think it'll be I think it'll be a difficult game for us. I think Brentford are a team... I, I like Thomas Frank as a manager. I think he sets his team up very well. And they've got some really good players in that team. And Buma, Wiesa, um going forward, I think are good for them. Mm-hmm. And I think defensively, we... We, we got exposed a lot in that second half against Arsenal. And sure, my yeah, worry with Potocino is he's going to tinker with this squad slightly on Saturday. He's going to, he's going to, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jackson come back in. The, I, I don't want to see this, but I think he'll bring Jackson back into the fold. I really do. I think he'll feel like we need goals. And if we see this, this Jackson playing in this role that clearly. You you said it early on in the season that doesn't really necessarily suit him. He's more of a winger he needs to play on the out, you know, on the, on the flanks of the, the pitch. Then we could be in serious trouble because I think it will then limit our creation of goals. Our opportunities yeah. where be getting taken away. So I think we should start with the the the, the lineup, the exact lineup, bar um, the swap of um, Cowell and Tassasi I would swap that, yeah. but we should start with the same lineup because that was when it was most effective for seventy minutes of a game. Do you know what 100%. I mean? So, uh, me personally, two one, I think we'll, I think we'll dominate the game if we start with the right lineup. And the, the key thing, I say this every single week, substitutions are so key.
1: That's yeah. The
0: yeah, timing yeah, of the substitutions is just as important as the player coming on and the player leaving the pitch. You have to know to. And remember, yes. Lampard was doing this. Potter was doing it. Both of these guys were doing yeah. it where they they would wait till we go go down and then change the game. No. Let's get our two goals or our three goals and then let's make those changes defensively that will still help us but offensively we're still okay to go forward as well. Surely that's that's bread and butter for a manager but
1: No facts and um, yeah what I'll say is is, is, is again like I, I have to echo basically what you said um, in terms of the substitutions because I do feel that you know you know, we didn't talk enough about Pochettino's decisions in terms of substitutions for the Arsenal game because I do feel like he played into Arteta's hands by doing that. This manager's got to learn how to hold composure and sometimes he's got to understand, do not fix what's not broken. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And and, and what he fixed against Arsenal wasn't broken. So he's he's really got to hold that composure and know when to make the correct subs. Once he does that, which I believe he will, because a lot of substitutions also comes down to, you know, your, your trust of a player, whether they can see things through. Because remember, these are young players as well. And, and, mm-hmm. and closing out games is something that also comes with experience too. So maybe that's, that's, that was in the back of his mind. But, Poch, please, you've you, you got to make the right decisions and just don't, don't bottle it. Just, just, just don't bottle it, man. Because we've, we, we really, we shouldn't be where we are on the table. We shouldn't be no, working on no. the table. And now we're at no. a situation where we've got these difficult fixtures coming up and these points are now becoming more important than ever. So yeah, man. That's what I say about the situation.
0: Critical, critical period in our season. Um part has to get it right. You're going for three one, I'm going for two one. I know everyone knows your channel already, but where can the people, the Chelsea fans, where can they find not just not even just Chelsea fans, because your channel's not just predominantly Chelsea, but where can the football fans find you?
1: Man, knows football! Now, people have been I've been pretty sick over the past week, which is why you haven't even seen a post match after the uh, Arsenal game. So, and I'm just getting my voice back, but um, I should be active this evening. Um, do it! I'll be doing a preview for the for the game, obviously. Um, I've got, I've got Roma. Roma's joining me on Sunday as well. Um, T-Dot, you're more than welcome to join that. Um, and I should have Darko and I've asked Mr. Fla- Fraser Fletcher as well, who's, uh, been absolutely smashing it with the transfer news if he's available next week. But either way, sign up to Man Nose, Fo- subscribe to Man Nose Football. You'll find me there on the socials as well. Pick up yourselves to those that are watching and even more important than that, make sure you subscribe to my guy T-Dot, man.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: love for that. Show some man.
0: support for the channel. Love for that, man. And appreciate you coming on as always. Um, don't, don't forget, make sure you, as Goonie just said, subscribe to the channel, make sure you hit the link tree link in the description. It takes you to all our social accounts, our previous episodes of the podcast as well. And everyone who entered the competition, if you've won, then congratulations. And if you haven't received your 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 prizes, they should be on the way to you very soon. Um, but yeah, until next time, episode 103, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week.